Hello again, everyone. I'm Tim Muma. Thanks for checking into Job Search Guide on localjobnetwork.com radio. Job Search Guide is your source for practical advice from experienced individuals who know what it takes to land that next great position. First, you might have to look in the mirror, of course. Are you simply a boring candidate for that position? Might be a question you have to ask yourself. Well, our guest, Mary Sherwood Savinsky, explains why you might come across that way and how you can fix that. Now, Mary is a sole proprietor with nearly 20 years of experience in management, career assessment, and counseling. So it'd be wise to listen up today. Mary, thanks for coming on the show. Oh, no problem, Tim. Thanks for asking me. Now, of course, this caught my eye, the idea of being a boring candidate. Now, when we say boring, I mean, you're talking not someone you want to hang out with at a party, or where are you going with with the idea of being boring? Not necessarily that, Tim, although it could be both. Mainly when I um, used the word boring, I was referring to the fact that you don't stand out to employers. Employers don't want to talk to you or look at you for a job or to consider you for an interview. And that's one of the biggest things that you need to do as a job seeker, of course, is to stand out and to make the employer want to speak to you about an interview or a job offer. I think that makes perfect sense. A lot of uh, the same advice that I'm sure we've given to people throughout the years. Now, when we talk about this job search, a lot of times you hear, well, if you don't have a job, especially, it is your job to find that job. Is there a danger in spending so much time and effort constantly focusing on that or what might be a better tact in your mind? Well, definitely there is a danger in doing that. I mean, if if you are sitting down at your desk every day doing the same thing, applying for online jobs, applying for online jobs, you know, if it's not interesting to you, it's not going to be interesting on the other end, and you're, you're really not going to be putting forth your full effort. Instead, what you might want to do is to change things up a little bit, mm-hmm. either do um, different types of job searching, make some more phone calls, do some in-person networking, not do the same thing, because you're going to feel like you're he- hitting your head against the wall. And that just gets very depressing after a while. I talked to so many job seekers who um, actually have, you know, and and may even have been diagnosed with depression because they get demoralized. They don't get the positive feedback that you get when you're working. Right. You're seeing people every day. People at least acknowledge your existence, you know. (laughs) You get a smile when you pass somebody in the hallway and that sort of thing. And when you're at home alone looking for work, you really don't even get that social acknowledgement. And after a while, especially if you're in a long job search, it can really, it can wear on you. And it gets difficult to, you know, keep up your momentum and your enthusiasm. Sure. And that's going to really come across and it's going to hurt you in the job search process. Now, you brought up the idea of, of course, you know, having some of that feedback and socializing a little bit. And we always talk about, obviously, networking being so important. What do you think are some of the important steps to get out there and some maybe strategies to be able to talk with people and utilize a network you have? I mean, is there some place you would suggest or some strategy you like to offer up? Well, you know, the first thing is to to have something different to talk about other than job search. You know, again, if you're in a extended job search, this goes 10 times for you because people that you know in your family after a while, they, they get tired of, of hearing about, you know, how hard you're working at your job search or how few jobs there are out there mm-hmm. or whatever you have to talk about. So join an organization, hmm. do some volunteer work, read the paper, read your industry news, have something different to think about so that as you do get out and meet people, you have something to talk about besides your job search and you're an interesting person that they're going to think about and say, hey, you know, I just met this guy. He seems 
really on the ball and sharp. And I know he's looking for a job, but I, I, you know, I think he'd make a great employee rather than, you know, just the opposite. If you don't have much to talk about or even anything to say, you're not going to make that impression when you do get the opportunity to see people in person. Right. If you're a religious person, you know, a lot of times people overlook the church. And, you know, I do get people that are are very religious, and I'm always kind of shocked to hear that they haven't gone to their church Mm -hmm. or their pastor for assistance or guidance or to help network. You know, they here they have two or three hundred members of their church, all helping kind people, and they don't think to ask for help there. I mean, that's that's two or three hundred people you can network with, and they know, you know, however many other people. And, you know, just getting out and seeing people in person, having some face-to-face time in a positive setting, like volunteer or church or, um, you know, a business group of some sort can sure. really make, make a big difference for you if you're job searching. I think you raise a great point there that a lot of people underestimate what their network really could be if they just sort of looked outside the box as opposed to, well, I worked with this person or this person's in the industry. Um, so I love that you brought up the point of, all these organizations and, and that you might already be a part of. I think that's a great piece of advice. Let's take it into um, some of the more technical sides. You know, you're talking about resume, cover letter. What would you point to as being maybe the common mistakes that people make when it comes to these documents that make them a little boring and not stand out as you talked about? Sure, sure. The biggest one, and it's it's one of my pet peeves and I do preach about it. I'm, I'm sure all my clients can attest to that. It's <laughs> Using a template. Sure. Using a template as is. I mean, if you're using a template, other people are using a template, whether it's for your cover letter or your resume. And and you just, it's not going to be possible to stand out if you use a, a stock template. Even if you make a couple of changes, it's going to be recognized for what it is, and it's not going to make you stand out to the employer. So really tailor your documents, both the cover letter and your resume, to make them unique to you and, and what you have to offer an employer. And it's very important that your personality and or your sense of style come through on both documents in terms of wording mm-hmm. or in terms of how you're presenting the information. So that it's really you on paper and it's a sales document. Both of them are. Both of them do a little different things, but they're both sales documents selling you to the employer, whether it's to get you in for an interview, whether it's to get a phone call or, you know, in the end, an offer. But it is a sales document. I think people forget that. And what they do instead, which is unfortunate, is they kind of regurgitate their work history and are so caught up in documenting every little thing they've done and getting credit for that. It's not a document to get you credit for what you've done. Hmm. It's a document to sell the employer on what you have to offer them. It's about the employer. It's not about the job seeker. And I think that's very difficult for job seekers to understand because, you know, they are kind of demoralized. And and, and it is so hard to keep your self-esteem up when you've been off work for so long. So, But that's very important that, that, again, you are represented by those two very important documents, your cover letter and your resume, and, and that you're comfortable with it and, and that it represents who you are and what you have to offer. Now, aside from, of course, you know, having a professional take a look, maybe someone like yourself uh, at, at you know, the resume and cover letter, who would you suggest would be a, a good 
individual or to to take a peek and maybe offer some, some suggestions, give you a little different perspective? Who do you think would have a, a nice handle on that? Sure. You know, that's a great question. And just by the by, even when I do someone's resume, I often will suggest that they have somebody in the industry or a coworker, if they're working, that they trust, look at the documents to make sure they're impressive in terms of, of the industry. Right. And that they're getting across key points to that industry or that company that the person is, you know, looking to get into if, if they know someone there. Okay. So it's always real important to have somebody else. The more eyes on it, the better, number one. Anyone that is trusted, a mentor of someone that you know has a good command of the English language. Not all of us do. <laughs> but if you know somebody, you know, again, you know, a minister, an old teacher, a mentor of some sort, someone you look up to, if you are in in a, a business group or an organization, a volunteer organization, you know, pipe up and ask, you know, does anybody feel like they, they could, you know, give my resume a, a look over? And, you know, you can ask people look for a couple of things also. Um, and you might ask different people to look for different things. One person might sure. be really good at uh, grammar and spelling, and they can they can look at it from that perspective. Another might be more creative, and they might notice some formatting changes you can make. So, you know, really step back. If, and if you've looked at your resume a lot lately, put it away for at least a day, and then pull it back out and look at it yourself and try to pretend that you're the employer. What do you see? What stands out to you? What doesn't stand out to you, more importantly, that you might need to add in there? And again, you know, the more eyes, the better. It will never hurt to have another person look at it. Just because they give you feedback doesn't mean you have to do what they say. You should definitely, you know, not let your feelings be hurt. And it's kind of hard to put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. You really want to do your best on these two, two items. And to do that, you're going to need to look for some, some input and some feedback. Now, you mentioned the idea of formatting, and I always thought this was a sometimes a little tricky aspect to the resume, especially. And you had mentioned the idea um, in one of the, the articles that you had written about spicing it up maybe with a little bit of color, a little bit of style. Uh, and of course, I feel there is a, a sort of a, a dangerous balance, if you will, of, of making sure it looks professional versus going too far with it. What are, what are your suggestions in terms of standing out when it comes to the ideas of color and style on your resume? Sure, sure. Well, you're right. You can go too far and you do want to be careful that you're always presenting professionally, regardless of the level of job that you're looking for. You want to pre- present in your best possible light. But that having been said, you know, using maybe a dark blue for the headers might be all the color you need to stand out using a different type of bullet other than the regular dot bullet might be all you need to do to stand out. Okay. You know, a drop cap on your name, maybe, if that's something that is in your, you know, your style, if that feels comfortable to you, that can be enough to make you stand out. I've had actually um, good responses from folks with just a drop cap in a box, and the employer actually knew how to find her resume from that drop cap on her name in a box. Hmm. And said to his secretary, you know, it was the resume with with the drop letter <laughs> in a box. Yeah, I think it was an S, you know. Nice. And so the secretary was able to go right to the stack and find this girl's resume. She, had, she did end up getting hired for the job. So, you know, it's just the little things. And again, you, you do want to even just visually stand out from the rest of the pack. 
so that again, you know, in this huge stack of applicants that the employer has, they can quickly find and identify your information. But yeah, you, you do want to be careful, certainly not to go overboard. You don't want to have, you know, a, a bright red background or anything, <laughs> you know, and, and a lot of crazy colors, certainly. And think about your industry, too. I, you know, I get the blandest resumes from some of my graphic artists. It's really kind of funny. And I'm like, wait a second right, here, aren't you? Right. So if you're in a creative industry like that, you want to make sure that your resume is reflecting that, certainly. And you can go almost overboard if you're in one of those types of industries. So, you know, it, it, it's a real balancing act. If you don't know, ask. Um, you know, ask input from a colleague that is maybe at a different company or on LinkedIn if you're connected with somebody in a similar industry. Um, you know, reach out and again, put yourself out there, ask for the feedback. Um, you're you're going to be surprised what you hear back. Well, I think some good tips there for our listeners out there. And as you said, always uh, have a, I have a few eyes take a look at it just to make sure you haven't gone too far or missed anything that would weed you out of that process. When it comes to the, the search for jobs itself, and obviously we all have certain skills and we feel we might fit in one place or another, but how much do you think it matters what types of jobs people are searching for that will affect how they look to a, a potential employer? Now, I'm not sure I understand what you're getting at with that question, Tim. Can you can you put it another way? Sure. Uh, you know, as we talked about earlier, if you're just out there sending out resumes, sending out resumes, sending out resumes, you may be sending them to all sorts of industries and, and not have that much interest in these positions. But I mean, will you be able to give more effort if it's actually focused on jobs that you'd actually be interested in or you would enjoy as opposed to sending it everywhere and, and anywhere? Definitely. Gotcha. Yeah, that's that's very important. And, and really, I talked to a lot of my clients about the idea that they are going to be more successful in catching the attention of an employer with whom they're a good match. So really, what is the trick is to know your interests, mm-hmm. know what job, what kind of job you're looking for, what kind of employer you're looking for, what kind of setting you're looking for so that you are going to have that reflected in your resume and the the employer is going to identify right away that, oh, you're a match for them. For example, if you want to work, if if you like to work as part of a team and you're a real team player and don't like being isolated and holed up in a little office, let's say, you're going to end up presenting in a way that's going to attract an employer that has a real open communication style and a team approach to all of their work. And that's going to be pretty readily affected or or communicated on their website. Sure. And um, you can note that in your cover letter and say, you know, I was very impressed by the open communication style that your company has. And I see, you know, that you take a team approach to all your products and services. That's exactly what I'm looking for. And that's going to impress the employer a lot more than, oh, geez. Okay, let's um, let's put in this other application. See what happens. Mm-hmm. You're probably not going to get too far, and that effort's not going to pay off. Sure. So, this will really not not take the time to put in an application if that's how you feel about it. Well, Mary, uh, you've definitely given us some uh, nice advice and strategy here for those that maybe are looking to spice up their job search a little bit and not be so boring, or however you want to phrase that. Uh, But we are getting low on time, so I wanted to give you the opportunity, as we do with all of our guests, to sort of wrap up the conversation, give our listeners a takeaway from what we've been talking about. So if there was anything you wanted to emphasize here or uh, or touch on briefly before we closed out the show, uh, the floor is yours. 
Well, you know, again, the biggest thing is to know what you're looking for. Make sure that you're presenting yourself in a way that's going to get you what you're looking for so that the employer can see that you are the match for them and the one that they want to call in for an interview, if not hire. So that starts with knowing what you're looking for, and it's probably not just a job. So keep that in mind. Make yourself stand out a little bit with your resume and your cover letter. Always have somebody take a look at it for you, a couple people if you can. Put your best foot forward. Make sure you stand out, but don't get too out of hand with it. And you're going to be fine. Just keep trying to move forward, do different types of job search than just online applications, and you will get a job. But you need to follow up. That's the only other thing we didn't get an opportunity to talk about, and that's super important. Follow up on those job applications if you do want to get a job, because that's going to make you stand out. All right. With that, we will wrap it up here on Job Search Guide. And we do trust that some of the tips you've heard today will help you in your specific search. Our guest has been career and occupational consultant, Mary sherwood Savinsky. Mary, where can people find more about you if they're interested? They can email me at lifeworks at mail.com or check out my website, www.life-works.info. All right, perfect. Mary, thanks again for the insight today. We do appreciate it. Uh, Thanks for having me. I hope we helped a few folks. (laughs) Me too. And as always, we do want to hear from you folks out there listening. So send us an email at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com if you do have any comments or suggestions for any of our podcasts here on LJN Radio. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody.